Life is complicated. There is the law and there is reality. Welcome to Law and Reality, sponsored by Thav Gross. Now, here's your host, Ken Gross. Welcome to Law and Reality. It's a new year. It's a new beginning. It's Law and Reality, the exciting part of your day. I'm your host today, Brian Small. I am the uh, one of the partners at Thav Gross. With me today is our leading tax expert in the industry, our tax attorney, Jenny Lingle. Jenny, how are you? Welcome and Happy New Year. Hi, Brian. Happy New Year. Good good to be here. Um, have you made any resolutions this year and have you already broken them? You know, I learned a long time ago that I don't make resolutions. <laughs> I am not one of those people that suddenly finds the need to uh, go to the gym for two weeks and then uh, and then drop my membership or anything like that. I I continuously work out instead of, uh, you know, making a resolution to get fit once a year. So. You know, it's interesting that you, you say that, Brian, because I read a study once because a lot of people want to start their diets on Monday. They actually said, for whatever reason, the most successful people are actually the ones that pick a Wednesday or a Thursday um, because they're they're actually not saying, well, we're just going to blow it out of the water this weekend and start fresh on Monday. So it was it was kind of a, the psychology behind the diet. They also had a difference in how men and women view things where they said if a man breaks his diet at lunch and eats too much, he'll eat a lighter dinner. Whereas they said women were saying, well, I've already, you know, broken my diet for breakfast and lunch. Um, so instead of having that salad for dinner, I'm just going to order that, you know, deep dish pizza. I, I can understand that. I was already worried as, as I today as, as uh, I had a bagel. I saw that, Brian. I saw that. And, and I thought to myself, <laughs> all right, no more carbs for the day. But it, <laughs> Dieting is all about balance. If you're if you diet, it's it doesn't work. Changing the way you think about eating, though, changing your dietary habits, it's it's that's what you need to do. You if you diet, you go up. You go you go down. You go up. You go down. You go up. But when you change your lifestyle, everything evens itself out, and you live a healthier lifestyle, and you're better off for it. Which is funny. Isn't that quite the transition? You see that segue? I'm well, I, segue. I see exactly where you're going, Brian, because gonna... we talk about that a lot, is is not just the belt tightening with uh, budgets or credit card issues or financial issues. It's more of changing the way you view money, how you use credit, and how you live your day-to-day life to make you financially healthy. Because most of us would like to be able to retire someday, and we don't want to have to rely on our children or our children's children uh, to take care of us. Oh, no. I've decided. I made it easy. I've told my daughter, who's, who's going to be a, a, a physician, <laughs> I told her, I said, you be sure to keep doing really, really well in, in, in school and, and get a really great job out of medical school so that you can support me in the manner to which I wish to become accustomed. <laughs> And I'm sure she said, sure, right after you pay off my med- medical school debts, Dad. It's funny. It's funny. It's exactly what she said. <laughs> so, But it is a new year. It is an opportunity to look at your situation and say, all right, what am I doing for myself? What am I doing for my family? And yeah, we can absolutely go on a diet. Sure. We can go on a financial diet. We can belt tighten. We can deny ourselves something so that we can achieve a goal. That's what belt tightening is. You know, the furnace needs to be repaired. Got to cut out some spending until I can save up the money to repair it. Transmission in the car needs to be repaired. Got to save up that money. But then 
Historically, what happens is we go back to the same behaviors we had before. Why? Because we deserve it. We did this good thing for ourselves, for our family. And so by saving that money and fixing the problem, we've addressed it. And now we feel good, and so we go back to the same until behaviors. the until the next disaster that we ah, didn't plan that's for right. happens, which we know is going to happen in life. It's kind of like a yo-yo diet, right? Yeah, you lose absolutely. the weight, you gain it back. You lose the weight, you gain it back. But if you could change the way you do things, kind of like changing your eating habits, so that you're eating healthy all the time, maybe splurging a little bit once in a while. But keeping it even so that you're not taking in 6,000 calories on one day and then not eating the next. If you The, the if moderation, you, because as we know, just with spe- like spending, you, you 6,000 calories and not eating the rest still doesn't even out to what most of us, depending on your age and exercise level, should be eating during the day. Um, same thing with spending. I find that people uh, that have really gotten a handle on their finances have realized that moderation is the key. It's not... It's not just spending frivolously one day and then saying, well, for the next couple of weeks, we're not going to go out to dinner, we're not going to do this, or we're not going to do that. Because what ends up happening is those balances, let's say on your credit cards or the balances in your savings account, one goes up and one goes down. So, you know, there's the old joke, you know, you should eat and drink in moderation. I've still not found that restaurant. But someday, someday I'm going to open up a restaurant at a, at a bar called Moderation. That would be great. You know, what I like about the restaurants now, though, is is I find that you change what you're going to order when they start putting the ingredients and oh, the calories no. and the fat. Oh, they, but, they... but think about it this, Brian. So we see that. So you decide not to order that double cheeseburger or the French onion soup or whatever it is. What if the credit card companies did that when we went to purchase something in a store that said, well, this, this blouse is on sale for $50, but if you use our store credit card, you're going to end up paying $74 for it. They wouldn't sell a lot of blouses. And <laughs> but I, maybe they need a menu like that. But you know, it, it's possible. But, I mean, if you think about the fact, like, all right, my, my story is what got me. Because I love the Cheesecake Factory in Novi. It is 12 Oaks Mall? The 12 Oaks okay. Mall. They have great food. And I love cheesecake. At least certain cheesecake. So I was looking at the menu. And the the lunch that I normally thought was healthy had like 1,400 calories in it. And I went, what? <laughs> and then I ordered a salad, which ruined my whole experience at the restaurant because they put it right there. I knew that it was not quite the the healthiest thing to eat on the planet, when it, which is, but I like that certain meal. It, it's And that was before you even got to the cheesecake, right, oh, Brian? Yeah. No, the cheesecake didn't get ordered that day. <laughs> in fact, I haven't been back since. Which is, is is exactly the point we need to make. Credit cards. So you're using your credit cards. And, and that blouse that you purchased for $51 that ends up costing you $74, including interest. And you're still paying for it long after you've lost it or thrown it away or no longer like it. Right. Or it's gone out of style. I mean, that's just one example. I mean, you've got a situation where you're reaching the point where your spending limits are getting way up there, you're reaching your spending limits, they keep giving you more credit, and you keep taking more credit because it's just the minimum monthly payment. And Well, and I think that's where a, a lot of our listeners have said to me, I don't, I don't think I'm in what we call the credit card trap, which I'm going to let you explain in a minute, but they'll say to me, 
well, you know, Jenny, I'm, I'm able to make my minimum monthly payments plus a little bit more. And if I have an emergency, I still have make sure I have enough available credit on my credit card so that I can do that. Where's However, the cash? There's no cash, which Where's is what we're finding. But people think they're okay. But then, remember, remember the little old lady that did the commercial for Wendy's? Where's <laughs> the beef? Where's the cash? You know what's interesting about that that's completely off topic, Brian, is we used to yell, where's the beef on the bus on the way to school? And I thought that everybody did that. And I said something to my husband, and he looked at me like I was crazy. We also used to do hefty, 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 and the other half of the bus would go wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. I guess it was just my school. Um, your husband may not have been wrong, <laughs> but we'll leave that for the, the, the respective uh, medical professionals to make that determination. <laughs> that being said... Um, you know, where's the cash is kind of an interesting question. These days, what what I find is is that people are freely spending on their credit cards, and they're not putting money away, and they don't have the cash in the bank. In fact, what it's amazing the at the height of the economy, right before the downfall in oh seven oh eight, we had a hundred billion no it was it was it was uh just short of uh a trillion dollars worth of credit card debt that was out there and then it dropped after the economy collapsed <clears throat> to like around 700 billion dollars did you know it's back up to 1.1 to 1.2 trillion dollars right now so Brian, it, it sounds like what you're you're telling me is that history is is likely to be repeating itself. And oh, history and always repeats. What is itself. the first thing when the credit card companies now, since they've seen what history did in the past, what are, what are they going to be doing? Oh. to the consumers. It's easy. If you think that you're going to survive the next recession because you've got a line of credit, guess what, folks? They're going to cut your lines of credit. They're gonna the, the minute. We head towards a recession, and we're we're the government's teetering on one, so to speak. If you if you look at the whole picture right now, everybody thinks that that the, it's, we're getting a recession in 2019 to early 2020. The stock market goes up and down like a yo-yo. The uh, the government closes, the government opens, the government closes, the government. You know, the crazy thing is, is that nobody knows what's happening because there's so much volatility out there. I can assure you one thing. Visa and MasterCard are prepared for the next recession. Capital One and Discover, Bank of America, Chase, the minute they see two quarters of negative growth, and I don't even know that we're going to take, it'll take two quarters. It might take one quarter of negative growth. You watch, you're going to get a letter in the mail. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Smith, thank you for being the loyal customer that you've been for the past 27 years with Bank of Un-America. But as it is, because the bank is protecting the bank, we're going to cut your credit line to a dollar more than you currently owe us. Thanks so much and have a great day. That letter's coming. That letter's coming well, fast, and, and it's it may be coming even before there is a sign of a recession. Well, Brian, and the thing is, uh, nowadays, <laughs> the letter in the mail is going to get to you after that you go to the store to, to, to try and run that card to buy your groceries. I don't or understand. You- my card, I have plenty of credit available. I pay my bill on time. I don't understand. Well, it happens to everybody. It's nobody special at this point. The banks don't trust any of us. The only thing the banks trust is the almighty dollar 
And the only thing that they're going to do is try to protect themselves. So you've got to put yourself in a position to protect you. And that's where the old expression, cash is king, comes in. You know, we've got too many people living off of credit. And so, Brian, I find a lot of people say to me, well, I've got enough cash in the bank to pay my credit card debt, but then I don't have anything else. And right now, I think the worst advice that people are are, are getting is, well, just pay off your credit cards because then you can always use them should you need them. Because I think we've already seen some store credit cards and difference um, from what our clients are telling us start saying, if you're not using it, we're going to close it or we're going to lower your line of credit. Yeah, it's happening every day. So it's not a backup plan anymore. No, it's not. I mean, look, people, this is not not a joke. This is reality. Do credit lines get cut? Yes. If you don't use a credit card, they're deciding to cut them. I happen to have a Home Depot credit card that I took out many years ago when I bought my house. I used it to get a discount on whatever stuff I was doing. I paid it off, and I have not used it since. You know what I got in the mail the other day, Jenny? Uh, a love note that says, thank you very much. We're going to give you more discounts. Please use our card. Uh, yeah, practically. <laughs> no, it wasn't quite there. They did They did give me a coupon. They said, if you charge more than this amount of money on your credit card, we'll give you a credit of $75. Ooh. And I thought, okay. They wanted me to charge at least $500. But if you don't charge anything on your credit card before December 31, we're lowering your line of credit. We're cutting it in half. And I said, okay, cut it in half. I don't care. I don't use the card. But that's happening all over the place, whether you intend to use the card or not. It's starting. The, the, the credit card industry sees that history is happening again and again and again. And they see that Americans have put themselves in the credit card trap. Again, so Brian, you asked me, you, you said, define, define the credit, the credit card, trap. card trap. Okay, credit card trap is really simple. You are in debt on your credit cards. You utilize your credit cards each month and then you pay the minimum monthly payment and then you charge on your credit cards again and you pay the minimum monthly payment. You're never paying it off. Now, if you're paying interest, you know, oh, I can afford the $5,000 I owe. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. You, you have $5,000 on your credit card and the furnace goes out. Do you have $4,000 cash in the bank to put in a new furnace? Why no, you don't, because you expect to put it on your credit card. So you put it on your credit card. Now you owe nine thousand dollars on your five uh, on your credit card, and you're paying and the minimum monthly payment. And that's if they haven't cut your available credit, which is what goes back to well, what I yeah. said is a lot of people using that as their their safety net because they don't have savings. Um, it's it's catastrophic when all of a sudden the credit limits are lowered and you have an event that normally you would just charge and right. then pay off. You So your credit card gets balanced, uh, your available line gets lowered to $5,000. You owe $4,998 and the furnace goes out. How are you paying for that? That, folks, is the credit card trap. It's revolving debt. You're, you're the revolver. They love you at at the credit card companies but they are protecting themselves they are going to do this cap one and discover have already started from what we can see to lower uh credit card limits slowly they're not doing it to everybody not yet but i'm telling you it takes a flip of a switch and your credit line is is reduced there's no opportunity here to go but please give it to me i need it this week because when they decide it's not an opportunity for them, 
to make money, they're going to cut the lines. Well, and and I think it happens to everyone. Let's look at the the government employees right now um, on shutdown. I was just reading an article today that we're not only affecting the people uh, that work for the government that are shut down and are hoping to be paid retroactively, the federal government contractors who are paid, uh, they're not going to be paid retroactively. They're not getting the jobs. Restaurants in the areas of museums that are closed, uh, they're they're not able to get the business. There was in the, the article, it was a woman who ran a hot dog cart uh, in front of the museum said normally she'd make $200 uh, a day and she was down to making 50 uh, There was another example of a winemaker not getting things approved um, before Valentine's Day. So I think what's going on right now in the government shutdown is really going to have a, a, a trickle-down effect and really is going to affect quite, quite a larger group of the population and than what this, we think. this is what they call a partial shutdown. Right. This is not a complete shutdown because they have funding for the most of the government through September. This is, though, 400,000 people uh, not uh, not going to work. Furloughed, they call it. Right. I call it unpaid vacation, right? Isn't that what it is? <laughs> well, typically in the past, it's my understanding is what I looked back is they are paid retroactively, but... Whether that's going to happen this time, we don't know. But then what about all of those other jobs that I just mentioned yeah. that are being affected that are not going to well, be paid and, retroactively? And forget the fact that whether or not they're they're paid retroactively or not. If this goes on three, four, five weeks, now people are going to run out of cash. Oh, absolutely. People are run, because people live paycheck to paycheck. And it's incredible what what's going what's to happen. I mean, credit card balances are going to go up. Yes, it's a small segment of the population. Probably, in reality, a million people or less are going to be impacted by this. But is it? I don't are, think are, so, are, Brian. are you the I, one of the million? I, I think you're going to find it much wider spread when you start looking at how how there's a chain reaction and things. Um, I think I think it's going to become a much greater problem. And then let's look at if we put filing season behind people who typically file early and depend on that refund. Um, for well, what do you mean? Is the IRS closed? <laughs> yes, Brian. They 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 are closed right now. Oh, it's funny because the IRS is closed, and so is so is the government attorneys, the U.S. Department of Justice, who I deal with every single day. They're closed. I can accomplish almost absolutely nothing when it comes to the government at the moment dealing with them. Right, and I, I'm in the same spot with that, Brian. And, and what's going to happen is if we don't get up and ready before filing season, um, I think there's going to be some significant delays. And right now, you know, I, I always in the past thought, oh, what's this going to be one week, maybe two tops? I, I'm not sure what's going to happen this time. And the question becomes, do you think the government will possibly extend the deadline to file tax returns this year. And what is it? Does it take an act of Congress or does it take the IRS to Well, anybody that? can get an extension, and we're not so much concerned um, with the filing because I think that the CPAs, for the most part, are going to be ready. However, there were some you know, tax changes um, this year that people might be inquiring about, but I think it's the refunds that are going to be delayed because it's going to be on not re so much... Re refund? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> what's, well, a, well, what, Brian, what's a refund? <laughs> a lot of people rely on their refunds. There's a lot of times certain people with different credits for the low income that there's a longer processing uh, there's time. There's a lot of people that aren't going to get refunds this year that thought they were supposed to get refunds That are going to be shocked, too. yes. I, I expect to get a lot of calls uh, around April 15th this year um, from my clients saying, you know, I've always been refund or had a relatively small balance. What do I do now? Um, because owing the IRS can, can have quite 
uh, detrimental uh, effects to, to your pay and your income and your lifestyle. And the thing about that is, folks, just to segue a little bit away from, from the general topic today, is if you are in a position where you're going to owe the government for 2018, well, you need to fix it going forward in 2019, and now is when the time to do it. You have to. You should be talking to your CPA now. And even you don't even have to. A lot of people say, well, you know, I, I don't use a CPA. I use TurboTax. What I tell most of my clients who are preparing the returns themselves is, you know, usually the software is ready and available uh, first week in February. Prepare your return early. And then the easiest way to see if you're under withheld is look at what you owed in 2018. If everything is staying the same for 2019, you just divide that by 12. The number of months in the year, and that's how much underwithheld you are each month. You know what? There's also a great tool on the IRS's website. Isn't that funny? I use the word tool and IRS <laughs> in the same statement. Um, anyway, there's a great tool on the IRS's website. It's the income calculator, income withholding calculator, which really does work. It does. I, I got to tell you, though, Brian, a lot of my clients will say that it's too confusing or they don't use the Internet. It is, you know, sometimes the easiest way to explain to people that don't understand why they're owing each year is to just look at the return and say, well, you owed $5,000 last year. What did you change to make that not happen this year? I made more money. And now I owe more <laughs> money to the government. Yeah, that's pretty much that's, how it works. That's Brian. how it works. <laughs> so anyway, back to the credit cards, though. You know, the, the, the question is, is what to do? about being in the credit card trap. What is the solution? Because when you're in that credit card trap, all of your available cash is going to making the payments. You have no money for savings. There's no money Brian, to pay cash more, for expenses between the checks. I want to point out before you get to the solutions, there's more than one solution, which is what I, I really enjoy about our firm is that if you go to a bankruptcy attorney, they're going to try and fit you into a bankruptcy. If you go to someone who does debt settlement, um, they're just going to try to, to settle the debts, even if a bankruptcy debt should have settlement been settlement is a bad If you really word. just need budget advice, and you know, I kind of uh, poo-pooed your budget advice originally when you first started it as kind of as silly and, and just budget tightening, but you really did come up with some ways that I found for my own self where I ended up saving quite a bit of money um, and didn't really do tightening any any tightening uh, just looked at things in, in a different way well the solutions to credit card debt there's a bunch of them let's let's I'm gonna quickly name them off and then we can discuss the, them in, in, in general uh, and why some are good and some are bad so we're not going to discuss winning the lottery or moving to a foreign country and hiding correct um, not today not today that that's that could be next week's show Um Anyway, what are the solutions if you have too much credit card debt? Simple. There's six at least, okay? But only three of them really make sense. The six are debt resolution, debt consolidation, debt settlement, Chapter 7 bankruptcy, Chapter 13 bankruptcy, and budget management. So really four out of the six make sense. Which ones don't? Debt consolidation. That's called moving deck chairs on the Titanic. Okay. What exactly is debt consolidation? Is is that when you get those great offers for like, low like, interest rate for three or six months, and then we're gonna like quadruple it? Yes. Basically, what you're doing is is you take you get those free those checks from the credit card companies, you and you do balance transfers and you move things around and you move the money around so that it's consolidated the debt. And now what you've done is you've moved it, shifted it, and theoretically you have a lower interest rate for like a second <laughs> because. You're still in the same pattern of having too much debt and having no excess cash. So to get yourself out of debt, you got to do something that's smarter. 
as I said, deck consolidation is like shifting deck chairs on the Titanic. It's so, still going to so sink. Brian, I was up at you know three in the morning last night and I heard about debt settlement. One eight hundred, save my butt. What, what's that all about? <laughs> so debt settlement. These are these programs that they're they're really popular right about now on TV that you'll see where they're advertising. If you owe more than ten thousand dollars in credit card debt, we can help you. So what they what they're offering is is a program where they suggest that they're going to be able to settle your debt for pennies on the dollar. Another great marketing uh, technique: pennies on the dollar. That should echo in the. But what happens is is you're dealing with a company that doesn't. You're not dealing with somebody face to face. You're dealing with somebody in California or Guatemala. Are or they Ecuador. attorneys, Brian? They generally are not attorneys. No, they're 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 going to negotiate for you. Maybe, sorta. They can they can deal with some. They can't deal with all. And if you get sued, which you're gonna do because you there's there's is a four year program to get you out of debt that charges you. You you end up paying seventy cents on the dollar to some of these companies to to deal with your debt, and or more. They're just ineffective. And if you get sued, they tell you, by the way, we're not lawyers. Sorry, go find a lawyer. Well, I find it's worse than that, Brian, because they're they're charging monthly fees. They charge huge amounts on the debt. Then they charge you money to uh, hold your money aside to settle. And then if you don't do it each and every month as you're supposed to, then they charge you penalties and fees. So you end up basically just splitting. Maybe you get a little bit of relief on the credit cards. You end up paying their fees. We're back to 70 80%. And then they don't discuss whether you have tax ramifications. Mm-hmm. So now you've just paid 100% of your debt. You just paid it in different portions to different people. Which is why we came up with debt resolution, bankruptcy, budget uh, management, and Chapter 13 bankruptcy. Those are the solutions that make the most amount of sense. And I'm going to talk a little bit about them in uh, just a minute. But as we're running a little low on time today, I want to make sure that we get our announcements out there. So I want to invite everybody to watch the TV version of Law & Reality every Sunday at 11 a.m. on TV20. That's Sunday... TV 20, 11 a.m. If you're not available, if you're at church, out doing something, hit the DVR button. Watch us later in the afternoon. As we all know, shortly there will only be bowling on TV, and we're definitely more exciting than bowling. Sign up for our monthly contest. You get a, a $50 Visa gift card, a Law & Reality hat, and a copy of Dump Your Debt to the Winner. Just sign up at lawandreality.com. Uh, put in your information, your email address, and your name, and you're, you're all signed up. We've got a seminar coming up Wednesday, January the 9th, from 6 to 7.30 in our offices in Bingham Farms. It's time to eliminate the debt. We're going to go over how to preserve your income for you and your family so you have something to retire with. Debt elimination is going to be the key part of the process. We're going to talk about bankruptcy. We're going to talk about debt resolution. We're going to talk about Chapter 13 bankruptcy. We're going to talk about budget management, student loan uh, problems. We're going to talk about all those things. We're going to have a special segment with our own Jenny Lingle on how to resolve tax issues, offers in compromise, repayment programs with the IRS if they ever open again. And if you... uh, Sign up for the seminar and attend. You get a free copy of Ken's book, Dump Your Debt. Sign up at lawandreality.com or thavgross.com or call us the old-fashioned way at 888-235-HELP. Also, Wednesday, February 6th from 6 to 7.30 p.m., what you need to know when it comes to your family and an estate plan protecting your family. Elements of the estate plan we're going to go over, the will, the trust, the patient advocate, the power of attorney. And everybody who uh, attends the seminar gets a free $300 gold certificate off the cost of an estate plan. Sign up at Law and Reality 
or thavgross.com or thavgross.com or call us again at 888-235-HELP. I want to make sure that I don't forget to thank our sponsors, uh, Corey Silverstein Law, uh, Samasco Law, Thav Gross, and Jeff Kirshner Law. Now, Jenny, we got about a minute and a half left. I'm going to just quickly again say that the three most important ways to deal with debt are debt resolution, which is our way of settling debts, which is a program that if we can't get it done in 24 months, we're going to look to alternatives. We've got Bankruptcy Chapter 7. Again, the quickest, simplest, easiest way to get yourself out of debt. Fast, one and done, gives you the fresh start that you're looking for. Chapter 13 Bankruptcy, restructuring your debt. You can, and paying back what you can afford, not what the credit card companies insist that you pay, but what you really can afford. And then budget management. Budget management is that way of getting off the yo-yo diet of credit card use and paying it down, having it go back up, paying it down. Budget management is the method by which we work together with the client to assure that they develop excellent spending patterns, excellent saving patterns, with and f- eliminating the waste that's in their budget. So that's what's going on. And with 30 seconds left in the show, what do you think, Jen? Uh, I'm just hoping that everybody has a happy new year. It's still early uh, in 2019, so there's plenty of time to to take advantage and really plan for your future, uh, whatever it is you're looking to accomplish this year. Seems very reasonable. The key when you're making that resolution, so to speak, is how do I best protect myself and my family to make sure that we can move forward in in a prosperous year So, with that, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with Law and Reality.